Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. When I drive up and down the island, I tend to listen to two different radio stations. Uh, One is the Christian radio station, of course. But the other is ESPN radio, and I listen to the sports. Uh, There's one guy I always turn off because I can't stand him. But, But I tend to listen to a lot of the different sports that's going on. And I don't know how many of you have been paying attention to, in particular, what's been going on with a couple of the teams post playoffs. But there's a lot of jockeying going on because some of the teams didn't do as well as expected. And so they're talking about firing coaches and players shuffling and moving around. And maybe some of the players aren't as good as they talked about. And one guy in particular is coming under fire. It's so fascinating to me to listen to all that talk. Because, you know, if you listen to earlier in the season, their team's the best, and their coaches are the best, and their GMs are the best. And it's fascinating to, to see how things and attitudes shift. Now, I want you to put that on hold for a second because there's another reason why my mind is kind of focused on the whole talk and thinking about sports and attitudes towards sports and people. I don't know how many of you have seen this commercial on TV where there's this little kid coming up the bat. And he's just such a cute little kid. And the batting helmet looks way too big for his head, for starters. And he comes up, and he looks very pensive and very intimidated. And he turns around to look in the stands. And as he's turning around to look in the stands, he sees, obviously, who is his parents, with a big sign that says, We believe in you. And then the kid smiles, turns around, and hits a home run. And you'll never believe, if you haven't seen the commercial, what it's advertising. It's a loan company. It's, we believe in you, that you can get a loan from us and that you'll pay it back and we'll make money and everybody's a winner. But think about what happens when little kids begin in sports. When little kids begin in sports, it's so innocent. And they're all excited. They're embarking on this venture. And the parents are excited. And everybody hopes that they do well and there's encouragement and there's enthusiasm. And it's just, everything's about fun. And every little kid that plays sports dreams of hitting that home run that's going to win the game or shooting that basket. You know, I did it as a kid. You know, you shoot the basket and you go, eh, and and it's at the buzzer and you win the game. We all do that stuff in sports. Now, sometimes the parents... You know, they envision the kid going into professional sports. And it can get ugly. 
right? I mean, it can get really ugly because the pressure on the child and yelling at the coaches and yelling at the refs and the expectation of perfectionism on everything. And it's just not reality. These are kids. But then what happens, fast forward, when the kids get to be adults and there's big money involved at the collegiate level and we buy the jerseys and we, some people send huge bucks to these collegiate teams supporting their sports teams or buy season tickets to their professional teams and they expect, not even just expect, they demand that my team is going to do well and if not, off with their heads. Right? The coaches. The players. It's amazing. Look what's going on with the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. And all the different talk that's going on. Not that many people care about Cleveland. But... Oh, sorry, Joyce. Or Phil Jackson, who had such success. And the talk that's going on with Phil Jackson right now in the Knicks. I know some of you don't know or care about this stuff. But here's the amazing thing. Death threats. Death threats. Athletes! Really? What happened to the little kid playing the sport for fun? Right? What happened? There you go. He hit a home run. And everybody was excited. But he doesn't hit a home run. And you get to the professional level. See, there's the problem. You know, it's really, it's really amazing what happens. What can happen to a player or a coach is they get blindsided. They get surprised. In fact, it can even ruin their life. Because they don't understand the rejection. They were a star. They were famous. They were making huge money. And then they experience a level of rejection they can't imagine. And not only rejection, death threats and their family gets threats. And what happened? Jeremiah, you heard the reading. You have it in front of you in your bulletin, small print. But Jeremiah, if you don't know much about Jeremiah, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And what some of you also may not know, if you go to chapter 1, Jeremiah was called at an innocent and early age. He was a kid. And he probably went at this starry-eyed. The Lord of the universe, the God of Israel, called him to be a prophet. And said, I'm going to give you my word. And he said, well, you know, I'm kind of a kid. I'm not sure they're going to listen to me. But sure, I'll take this ministry on. And he probably entered this ministry thinking, at least, at least, his friends are going to listen to him. 
And if you listen to the reading, what happened? Not only did his friends not listen to him, his friends tried to tempt him and then taunt him and watch for him to fall. Let alone the people that didn't want to believe. And this is Israel, the chosen people, the people that were supposed to believe. Because they would rather listen to the false prophets and do what they wanted to do. Fast forward again to Jesus. Jesus, who was also familiar with persecution, was also familiar with family not believing in him, not supporting him. Family who thought at one point he had lost it and another point would taunt him. And none of them believed outside of maybe his mother until the resurrection. See, we sometimes forget. We sometimes forget. But I want to take you to where the apostles were at this point. Matthew chapter 10. At this point, they were the child. They were this little kid. Because really, in many ways, they had lived in Jesus' shadow. He had done all the ministry. He had taken the brunt. He had faced the persecution. He was the one out front doing the preaching and the teaching and the healing. They were the child. Blissful. Innocent. Watching him do the ministry. And what Jesus said is, now's the time to step up. I want to send you out. But I want you to be aware. I want you to know what it is, if you step up, what you're going to face. I think Jeremiah was caught a little off guard. If you listen to what Jeremiah said, he even said, you know, at one point, I thought about trying to give this up. I tried to quit preaching. I don't know if you caught that. He said, but I couldn't. I was compelled. Paul would say at one point, woe to me if I do not preach. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Woe to me if I do not preach. Because the Holy Spirit weighed so heavily on Jeremiah and on Paul. And the apostles were at this point that they were going to begin to discover what this meant. Because up to this point, they were the children. They were the ones simply enjoying it. But they were about to go through a maturing process and become adults. And Jesus says, I want you to be aware, if you're going to take this on, I want you to be aware of what it is you're going to experience and understand. And too many Christians, including the apostles at this point, 
take their faith and the calling on their life to be a disciple too lightly. Because they just want to remain the child. See, we're called into faith. Jesus would even say, you receive your faith as a child. There's nothing wrong with that. Where we understand the depth of God's love, that Jesus, in fact, took the brunt. He went to the cross in our place for our sin. He died there for us, the depth of his love. And we are to receive this faith childlike, innocently. But we are not to stay children. That we are to mature and to grow. That we are to become Christ-like, which means that we are meant to be adults and not take this faith lightly. And so Jesus says, I want you to be aware if you're going to embark on this journey, if you're going to respond to my call, if you're going to take on ministry, which is what he's sending the apostles out to do. That's what Matthew chapter, the end of chapter 9 and chapter 10 is about. That there's going to be persecution. That there are going to be people out there who aren't going to believe what it is you say. That are going to abuse you verbally. In fact, it's going to go worse than that. And we know there are people in the world who experience far worse than just verbal abuse and rejection. And oh, by the way, it's going to come from family too. If you really follow Christ and you really take his call on your life seriously. Because they're not going to understand fully and completely. And they're going to say, come on. Really? You're going to do that? Really? You're going to take this seriously? I've experienced it. Now, I'm not saying you have to be ordained. And I'm not even saying you have to go into the mission field. But I've experienced this. When I first changed my major in college, my dad had no clue what I was doing. What? You want to go to ministry? My dad had no clue. Then, when I ended up in San Antonio for five years... And I called my parents up and I said, hey, guess what? I'm going on a mission trip in Mexico. My mom said, are you crazy? You could get arrested there and they'd keep you. Because I had a beard back then. My hair was a little longer. I looked a little dangerous. And then I ended up in Hilton Head. And then I get this invitation to go to Africa. And, of course, I called my parents again and said, guess what? I got this invitation to go to Africa. My mom said, what? She never quite understood this mission trip thing. But what ended up happening to my parents is they watched the Lord move. They watched how I would just simply respond to his call on my life. And I matured in the process because if you had told me 30 years ago that I would be doing what I would be doing, I would say, I don't think so. But God matures us. 
And he changes us and he molds us. He just wants us to respond to his call. That's what it is. And we will face misunderstanding from family. If we're just obedient to his call on our lives. Sometimes that happens. But go to other parts of the world, for example, in the Muslim world, where a Muslim might convert, they would be threatened and sometimes even killed by family, disowned by family in the Jewish world. That's what we're talking about. That's what Jesus and the apostles would see and experience. See, that's so far beyond most of our comprehension or experience. But Jesus is saying, understand the cost. Most of you as Christians are simply saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. I think it's about doing nice things, being nice, doing good works. Yeah. It's so much more. It's responding to his call to take on his ministry and his mission in the world. That means that sometimes we might face persecution. And sometimes our families might misunderstand us. There will be family pressure. And that we need to understand our position. We are people under authority. We're under the authority of the Word of God. We're under the authority of preachers and teachers who teach the Word of God. See, we are so accustomed in our culture to being our final authority, us, we. We don't like what we hear in the Word of God. You know what? That's not really about me. I don't like that. Maybe that's for other people. Maybe that was for a different time. No, this is the Word of God. And there are preachers and teachers that God has placed over us that teach us about what the Christian life is about. And sometimes we would rather put them down or judge them than really say, God has placed them in my life for a reason. I need to listen. I need to follow. Our culture is infiltrated with gossip and slander and judgment instead of submissiveness to God's word and God's teachers and leaders. We have a position to play just like the apostles did. Jesus sent them out. Jesus taught them. And they were willing to be filled by and submitted to the Holy Spirit and go where the Holy Spirit led them. And they were people who were willing to proclaim the word of God by word and deed, no matter what it cost them. They didn't acquiesce to the culture around them. They didn't kowtow. They were willing to take a stand by word and deed, faithful to God's call. Jesus wanted them to know what this life meant. And so he instructed them. And we need to seek that instruction from him. 
reading His Word, studying His Word, learning, so that we can become effective disciples for His sake. He's not going to let you go. What does Scripture say? He knows the number of hairs on your head. He's got you. You're not going out there alone. He loves you that much. But it also means He knows what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're not saying. And he goes on to say, he wants you to acknowledge him. In public, by your life, by your words. Not deny him by your life, by your words, or lack of speaking about him. What is the priority of your life? That's what he's saying to them. Are you here to please other people? Or are you here to please Him and love other people? See, because the most loving thing you can do for other people is to bring them the gospel. That's the most loving thing you can do. And that's why Jesus sent the apostles out. He's calling us to be, as the scripture says here, a disciple. One verse. He says, I'm calling you to be a disciple. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a follower. Which means we learn from Jesus and we follow Jesus. Which means we're not simply staying as children. Now, does that mean we immediately arrive? No. We go through growing pains. We go through stages. I don't know how many here went through gawky, awkward stages. Some of you might still be going through (laughs) gawky, awkward stages. I mean, I remember... I don't know about you. You know, I had the glasses, the braces. I was plump. You know, I was a soprano. I don't want to hear it. I had the gamut. You grow through it. You mature. You learn to live with it. And hopefully, for the most part, You become an adult. I'm almost there. That's what he wants. He wants all of us to grow through those stages. We all have our unique and individual challenges. I've told this before. Some of you have heard this. I have a mentally handicapped little sister. That was a unique challenge for me when I was in middle school. I had to learn and grow through that, how to handle that emotionally. 
Then I learned it was a blessing. And it's still a blessing. I talk to her every week. God wants us to be adults in the faith. Maturing. Growing. We receive our faith in a childlike way. Understanding the depth of his love. And filled with joy. Almost like Christmas. But then we grow. And we mature. And we take on his mission and his ministry. And we seek to become Christ-like. Which means we understand that this world is not always a friendly place. And people will not always understand you. Including family and friends. That's the way it is. But he wants you to be a disciple. Will you be his disciple? Let's pray. God, as we reflect on our readings for today, we see your servant Jeremiah. Who at times wanted to give up and yet was compelled by your Holy Spirit. We see your apostles who at times were so weak. And yet when filled with the Holy Spirit, changed the world. Because they were compelled to be your disciples. Lord, I pray for those here that have never quite understood what it means to know you as Savior and Lord, that they would come to you today childlike and come to you by faith. But for the rest of us, Lord, that we would continually grow in the knowledge and love of you. Daily maturing. Taking on your ministry and your mission. To a world that is not always friendly or welcoming. But desperately needs to know you. Give us a capacity to love you, to seek you, to be filled with your Holy Spirit. That we too might be compelled as Jeremiah and the apostles were compelled to take on your ministry and mission to the world and truly be your disciples. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.